Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. It's a week after the 4th of July. A lot of podcasts may have taken a break, but we didn't. We were rocking it last week. We're rocking it this week. We're going to be rocking it all summer long. We're going to be rocking it every day that you want a comic book podcast about first issues because that is what this comic book podcast does. We cover first issues. We cover them weekly. We cover number ones exclusively. We are your reading club, and we hope to help you uh, learn and uh, get through the muddy and sometimes murky world that is comic books and in the club today we have the full cast we have me budget king mike d greg and caitlin (laughs) and caitlin um we are the other thing that's interesting about this week is we are covering firepower out on image and negan lives out on image both of those comic books are written by none other than Robert Kirkman. Both of them have a male lead. Both of them are from Image Comics. This is the Kirkman week. Kirkman's getting his day in the sun. You may have thought he had it with The Walking Dead, but nope, it is the First Issue Club Kirkman episode extravaganza. <laughs> the Kirkathon. <laughs> Kirkathon. <laughs> Welcome to the Kirkathon. Um, we'll get into what he did, but there's a reason why he had some two, probably the two most talked about books last week. Because there were no other books last week. Well, there's that. <laughs> that's an easy answer, one to answer. It but was a really light week. A lot, a lot of holiday weeks are. Yeah, but also free comic book day. Like it arranged itself so that some of one of the books actually came out last week as a free comic book day. So one of the comic books we're covering, Firepower, is free. Yeah, in theory. So that's Which the actual free comic book day has not happened yet. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. When is free comic book day actually happening? I don't see. Thought it was. This month. I thought it was sometime in July. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a month ago. And I thought it every week I think, oh, is this free comic book day week? It I, just says postponed into this into the summer. But Robert Kirkman can do whatever the fuck he wants and he can just send yeah. a, a free comic book day. Yeah, book at comic. some point all the publishers are gonna have to release these because a lot of times they're promotion for upcoming books for sale. Correct. Like the Yeah, the Venom thing. Venom thing, exactly right. That's the one I've been looking forward to. That and the X Men tie in. And then there's also... It says July 15th through September 9th. <laughs> Great. Huh. So they're just going to be scattered depending on when the publishers need them. Perfect. There's some first appearance that happens that's like an arguable first appearance too in, in Free Comic Book Day, right? Well, that's the Venom one. That's the Venom one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 It's supposed to be Virus or whoever. Great. But, but now Venom 26 might come out the same day, if not before. Okay. We've already gotten a first cameo in Venom yeah, in 25. 25. So if the free comic book day was is indeed a cameo, it would just be second cameo, otherwise known as worthless yeah. in the comic book world. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, this is a light week. This was 4th of July week. Uh, did you guys have fireworks in your neighborhood? I Yes. Yeah, I uh, dosed my dog. Mm-hmm. He had, we had some calming bones and... Uh, he did really good leading up to the night of the 4th and kind of was tuning big booms out. But then when they all started coming like rapid fire, he was just like shaking and freaking out. He's a puppy. Mm-hmm. So less than a year old, first Independence Day for the pup. He did not enjoy it. Terrible. But the meds helped him sleep. 
uh, Greg and Caitlin and I are neighbors, and the area in between our house was used as a fucking war zone. It felt like a bomb was dropped there. And it's like an echo chamber, the way, like, you've got, like, a valley there and a park in yeah. the middle of it. And so when the booms were going over my roof, they were going over Greg and Caitlin's roof as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and there's, like, that old pool that they had, that they, they use for, like, skaters yeah. and... They're setting them off in that. It was absolutely madness. I I feel like people don't really understand too. Like you said, a war zone. Like I've seen people put up signs before saying like, "Hey, there are veterans in this neighborhood." It's not really that smart to do all this stuff as close as you're doing it. Like if you can take it somewhere else, that'd be great because it is associated with a lot of PTSD. But more than that, because I don't have PTSD from being in a war, it was just super and. <laughs> I think I'm like number one, still adhering to like pandemic restrictions, and number two, just getting older. And I was just like, I would like to sleep. It's past eleven. Are we done? Are we all done? I hate. This is the biggest sign to me that I'm getting older because I'm just like, what is the fucking point of this? This is just like you're burning money. You could be spending that money on comic books. It did. <laughs> it doesn't even look that cool. Like whatever you're doing is never gonna look as cool as the city's fireworks that are happening somewhere near you that you could drive and see. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, and you're probably giving to an industry that also sells like cigarettes and stuff too. <laughs> I'm sure they're new babies. Yes. Specifically, to, baby cigarettes. Yeah. I, they're definitely part of the people that probably sold DMT and killed bald eagles. So. Great job supporting. Whoa, how were those correlated? Is that a thing? Uh, Find your spirit animal and kill it. Drink its blood. Oh, I think the word I was What's looking. What's the spirit animal of an eagle? Is it like I th- Steven Seagal? I think I was looking for the word DDT. Oh, like the What's... pesticides? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That... Okay. There we go. Unless Joe, unless Joe Rogan's an eagle. As you guys might know from last episode. My facts on the world are a little bit skewed, so I'm like <laughs> our world and the world beyond, yes. aka the moon. <laughs> Budget King has uh, everything I say is a half truth or a half fact. <laughs> it should have an asterisk by it, no yes. matter what. Like, can't wait for your quiz later. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The quiz is good. the quiz I fact checked, so we're good on. Okay, this. cool. Um, uh, yeah. There's also going to be a quiz. I know you guys are fans <laughs> of this podcast. Can't wait for that quiz. Okay. Uh, First, uh, free comic book day related news. Um, the actual first issue of Umbrella Academy is a free comic book day comic. I don't know if you guys knew that. Or not. I would say, do you think that's probably the most sought after free comic book day comic? There are At pr- least that I'm aware of. It's probably the most sought after. It may not be the most valuable. Sure. Um, because there's like some so many re- weird random shit that happens in free comic book day. Right. That stuff that, you know, which is fun, like free comic book day. And my, give me feedback on this. It's fun to me because it's both like kids get free comics. Yep. Collectors get their like cool shit. It kind of like hits both, scratches both itches. Right. Yeah. I wish that, I, I feel like there's certain comic book shops that really lord over these things or like don't order enough of them. And then you're looking at all the cool stuff that you were just like planning on reading, and they're like, "Well, pick one." <laughs> I w- I went. You to... know what I mean? Like they're kind of hard to get. Last year, and I wish I could shout out this comic book store. I was in Oklahoma City for Free Comic Book Day, uh-huh. and their rule was you could only get. It was either twelve or fourteen. Oh, that's a lot. Which was fine. It was perfect. It was so nice of them. Most shops that I feel like in Kansas City are like 
grab a couple if like if anything and there's like a rush in the morning and they're like yeah. all gone yeah i mean I, I went to a shop one year that paired with harvesters and if you brought canned food for each canned food you brought you got to grab two extra comic books so would, like they allotted four and then if you bring canned food for this uh, harvesters event you got to get more comic books. for those who don't know harvesters is just like a obviously it's a food bank in our area yes um that is so cool that's, that's a yeah, great way to do it yeah so umbrella academy which is the whole point of me saying free comic book day um is coming back with a second season did you guys watch the first season yeah affirmative yep it blew me away how good it was. It was very good. Yeah, I was surprised by it too. In in one of the things... If there's any comic book I've ever read and been like, would be very hard to adapt and do right, could not believe how good of a job they did. We talked about that n- near three years ago Yeah, when it was announced that they were going to do this and you were like, isn't there a main character that is an ape? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And a chimpanzee and a human ape hybrid. Yes, exactly. One of the things about you guys probably disagree with me on this, but that is fine. Is I don't actually like any of the characters, but I love the show. I think it's totally possible to do that. I felt that way about certain shows before that I was really into. Riverdale. (laughs) Mine was True Blood. Okay, yeah, those are good (laughs) good examples. I fucking love Drew Blood. Well, they're all flawed characters. Yeah. yeah. But I also just like, I'm not sure I cared about any of their journeys. Except for like, I was like, I, j- I hope they solve some, I hope that they get some like substance in their life. <laughs> violence carried you through this show is what you're telling me. <laughs> it was the violence and just like, uh, the story was on, give it to my chem, the band itself, the music, I was a fan of in its right time, a period of when I was... <laughs> when it was appropriate and yeah. okay to look like <laughs> it, yeah. But now that I'm older, I like where he's gone. So I would say I'm probably the biggest uh, fan of of his work. So um, that's that. Um, then we have, uh, before we get to my quiz, much anticipated Boy. quiz... Uh, Greg, you you have some comic book news. Would you guys rather have a shoe deal or a contract with your favorite comic book publisher? Contract with my favorite publisher? More money in shoes. Yeah, but I'd rather... I want a shoe deal. Well, I'd rather be doing the thing I love. Who's going to wear my shoe? I would. would I'd I'd wear a budget king. You. So I would get a shoe deal so Greg can wear my shoe. (laughs) Wait, if you get a shoe deal... You, they make shoes that are like Budget King shoes. Is yes. that what we're saying? Yeah, I, I, I assume that that's what that means. Oh, yeah. wait, you get a shoe deal because you're so good at comic books. Solved it. That wasn't the fucking question. I don't understand. <laughs> that's all right. I'll fix it in post. I'm just ditches. wondering what, what your comic book would be in that situation. You have to like make a comic book that's a burden. No, I got like, I, was kind of I, I have 500 too, like, comic books in my head all, all the time. I have for doing that, and I'm just, I really want to read them. I don't know if that would be giving me any. <laughs> All right, I get it. Terrible question. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll scrap it. Fuck. No, keep that in. I like this. This is. It's good. also no, really contentious cool. though, because <laughs> I'm like, it's so easy to wear sneakers. Why wouldn't I choose sneakers? <laughs> it's it, your first answer though was about the like the lucrativeness of it, not the ease of putting the thing on your foot. Yeah, it's easier to do, and there's more money in it. <laughs> So it's winning on two fronts. But what if your contract? There's no cons. It's very hard for me to read. If your contract is that you only get paid based on who buys your shoe, 
nobody's buying Mike D shoes. Is that how it works? I don't know. Well, why would they give no. you a contract if there wasn't a market for it? LeBron got like a billion dollars. Like LeBron is the, the best NBR, NBA star in so there. You're saying, NPR star. So you're saying that in this hypothetical, I get a shoe contract worth ten dollars. <laughs> it's how, yeah. How much in is your and the comic book contract is the same? <laughs> and they both entitle me to jack shit potentially. The comic book. The, the contracts look like this. You get what you sell. So I'm self-employed. It would be equally as hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's even These worse. So I don't have a contract. I'm self-employed. <laughs> You're now self-employed. You're <laughs> <laughs> this scenario screws us up. It bankrupts us. Thanks, yeah. Greg. <laughs> okay, what if it's like a first issue club sneaker deal? Oh, okay, would we rather a first issue club comic or a sneaker deal? Sneaker deal. Yeah. Okay. okay. Why didn't you well, say that in the first place? <laughs> cool. What's up with this quiz? Okay, okay, okay. I was doing some soul searching and I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> I'm getting old. But you know who did old right? Batman. I believe the prime of Batman's crime fighting age was around forty, of which I'm not the age of yet. So I did some deep dives in the internet and I said, hmm. Who did they cast to play Batman, and at what age was he? Would you like to answer Budget King Batman Quiz? You're not holding anything in front of you, so you're just, you've <laughs> memorized all their ages. I know two. You okay? Two. <laughs> so it's a two-question quiz. All right. I feel okay. like we can all spare. <laughs> you can spare the time for this. Thing. <laughs> Let's okay. go for it. Okay. Uh, Michael Keaton of the first Batman movie. Guesses on how old he was when he played Batman. 43. 40. I was going to say 31. Mike D is the correct answer holder. He was 40 years old. Correct answer holder. At the time, <laughs> oldest person to play Batman. I guess how old was Adam West? Only beating Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> Then um, among the swaths of other people who had <laughs> played Batman the time, up to that point, and Adam West. <laughs> okay, then he has his record beat by who? George Clooney. Incor- yeah. Clooney. Incorrect. Robert Pattinson. Incorrect. Himself in the sequel. Uh, he wasn't. Yes, I guess he was, but no, he wasn't. No, but he only was in one movie. Michael who? Keaton. Right. Michael Keaton was in two, was in two, two, count them, two Batman movies. Okay, well, Batman and then Batman. Versus. Don't no, no, doesn't you can't count that sequel. You can't count him. It has to be another person. Okay, so we we don't have too many people left. <laughs> so Ben Affleck. And what age was he? Forty-three. Any other guesses? Forty-five. Uh, I'll go forty-four then. The correct answer is forty-one, and that was the Budget King Batman quiz. Oh, boy. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> uh, I guess it's time to get this podcast started. Yep. First up, we have 
Firepower by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney. This is a number one issue. It was a free comic book day release, as we talked about. And uh, there's something else interesting that I will tell you about this book as well that makes it very user-friendly. But, Caitlin, do you have a description about Firepower? Uh, yes, I do. Um, this is one that was uh, that I just was able to find online. Uh, Owen Johnson... He's a family man. He really only wants to spend time with his family and he lives and live his life, but unseen forces are at work to make that impossible. The one who wields the firepower is destined to save the world, but Owen Johnson has turned his back on that life. Danger lurks around every corner as Owen's past comes back to haunt him. Yes, that is firepower. The interesting thing about firepower, if you don't know, and you may not know, last week... There was a graphic novel, maybe an original trade to paperback. I don't know if it was an OTP or not. It was. Okay, it was, yeah. Called Firepower. That is the prelude to this book. So it's like an 80-page comic book that is the whole backstory before you read this number one free comic that you do not need to read. But it does, you don't! <laughs> but it does... It does substantially help the reading experience i think and would make it really fun to even go back and read after you've read this comic book yeah a lot of the stuff they referenced i was like i want to see that (laughs) (laughs) um i read it it was really fun like like fabulous um and so this is kind of the like typical like samurai story or kung fu master story of you know lost person who might have some like figuring out to do or genetic past of some sorts and then but the then it comes into this history of violence story which is epically cool of like hey this is just dad in the suburbs who can wield fire and is a master kung fu artist and that's what you read in the firepower number one um what do you guys think about this book i liked that it went it went so heavy at least the the um free comic book day when i didn't get to read the um the volume one but i liked that it did delve so heavy into his suburban life because it really did make it seem like it's almost like that weird um scene in kill bill where she's like her daughter's coming off the bus and like they're having that fight in her home and she's like the coach of a little league team it was very much like that for me where he's trying to keep some of those forces at bay because he really is focused on this stuff but it it's going to pull the story because it can't not when it starts getting into why these people are resurfacing and why they need him. So, but it was just really cool. I Kill, thought to, Kill, Kill to Bill is a really nice. good reference for what this feels like. That was good. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of a more modern and interesting Iron Fist. And one thing that um I think I picked up on right that this character is like a kung fu master that hasn't been whitewashed. Is that right? He's an Asian man who's been adopted, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From China. Yeah. Adopt. Uh, birth parents were in China. So here's this is like the perfect way they should have handled Iron Fist in the Netflix series instead of just having another white guy play um, a character that makes sense to be an Asian character is have him be adopted by. American parents if you want them to have an American upbringing right. and share our experience. I thought that was really clever. It was almost like, let's redo that character in an independent, but do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
this comic book it underneath it it's it's a it says teen plus so it is a teen book it has a little bit of like Korra or avatar the nickelodeon show like kind of feel uh to it even in the artwork styling it's like that in between anime look that's like not quite anime um but uh did you did you guys feel like as a teen book that it was ever like affecting you in that way or did you even really notice i didn't really notice that it was a teen book it didn't feel super uh teen oriented or like i think i picked up a little bit on it with the conversation with him and his daughter though i could see a, a few elements of where that might pull in a more ya audience because she's like talking about how he was being sexist and like asking her about the boy she was talking to and like how she gets his attention by being like my boy my boyfriend and i are having a baby <laughs> like i kind of put picked up a few of those little things that might make it more ya I think the tension that they built between some of the characters just seemed really dark. Like to have a guy just like cold walk up to him in a supermarket and be like, hey man, shit's done. I'm coming for you. You're going to meet me tonight. Yeah. Or else. And like, I know you have a family. Like that was creepy, dark shit that made this seem like, you know, my worst nightmare as a, someone with a family. <laughs> the The prelude or the graphic novel does not feel like a teen book at all um it's like they're pretty brutal to him in his training they really do a good job of like he this dude is a kung fu fucking master like and and that's awesome they have this really cool thing that happens where like the mr miyagi character because there's no better comparison is like an old master kung fu guy is obsessed with jordan's and like mm-hmm. has like a he. I, do they get to that in this book too? Is there anything about Jordans in this book? Well, he's he's wearing Jordans. Yeah, he's wearing. Okay, I love ones. it. I love that they have an allusion to that, and it's like that he has to travel to this mecca kind of place to like get. But they have he basically has like a Jordan guy to like also deliver him <laughs> shoes and stuff, which is super cool. Um, it, this this comic book was great and one thing that i'm, I'm going to steal this take from our friend at uh, white whale comics um alec has always said who's a huge fan of robert kirkman is that his dialogue writing is like not always the best but his ideas are are some of the best in comic books and i think that that is very true in both in both of the comic books that we're reading here um but specifically firepower well i i do hope that they keep a lot of the family interaction in the in the books. Even if you don't love that dialogue, I think the dynamic between the characters is really interesting and kind of what sets this apart. I would hate to just see him ghost his family and uh, go on a martial arts adventure only to have the resolution being like, now I can go back to my family right. and be a family man. I would love for them to be incorporated into this. Totally. The, I want to skip to something that really fascinated me. In the editor's notes, Kirkman basically says, I am obsessed with new, and especially like new comic books, which so, so resonates with the just not only me, but the, the tone, like what we do as a podcast. We are mm-hmm. like so in the vein of new. And he was like, something's got to change for people to read new comic books. So this is me testing it. This formula of I did a giant trade to get you into it that you don't have to read and then i released the and first it was just 10 bucks yeah it could have been 15 20 easy right 
What do you guys think about that? Is like a new way to tr- test out doing new number one shit? I kind of like it just because I think sometimes when you get a first issue of a comic, it's like we've mentioned before, sometimes the formula is hard. That it's hard to get across what you want to do in one issue and hook people. And that's why a lot of comic books die on the vine after one, two, three issues. Hey, it's like wrap it up after this first run. We couldn't hook enough people. Yeah. Uh, I think it also says something about like the investment of the creative team. And I know not everybody has all the means at their disposal that he does. Cause I think he also mentioned like footing the bill for a lot of this stuff in an effort to bring people back to comic stores when they started reopening. But um, it does, it adds a little heft and a little weight to like this, this thing is going to be big because they already have so much out there to get people into it. So I don't know if that adds something too as part of like maybe a missing element in the formula of starting a new story. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know that I could take every number one doing this because that would be a huge investment. But when a big name like Robert Kirkman does this, it was easy to read a tiny, or I mean, a regular sized graphic novel before we re- re- read this. And to me, it felt like just comic book candy. Easy read, really fun, cared about the characters, want to see where it goes. I'm invest Now I am more invested in this comic book than I am other comic books because I have a whole volume of comic books that I've read. I kind of feel like in the end. Yeah. It's probably added up to what, four issues? Yeah, yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, it would be an arc yep. at this point. One thing, though, is like this weird thing of like he figured out how to shoot flames is kind of like that seems like that's the that's that's the crux of the story because it's called firepower and that might maybe the weakest part of the story for me <laughs> for the fact i was that he was able to hone the power of the clan that he found in the mountains like he's like the chosen one in this clan yeah or that it's like i don't know why it just seems like you know oh, you can shoot fire. And I'm kind of like, why fire? Like, it does, uh, is there an other, is there an earth clan and a water clan? We don't know if there is or not. There's no, they're not certainly not talked about. Somebody get Nickelodeon on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I don't know if that was, it's not like a thing that we know in the lore of the world. Like there are certain karate people that can do flame shit. (laughs) Well, I guess that's like my main issue with the, the trade paperback is like, it didn't really flesh out anything. It seemed like really kind of hollow. It didn't explain if there are other clans out there that are battling for this, you know, secret mountains clan. Why the clans even up there? You, you get hints that there's maybe a dragon up there. That's never answered. You get a hint that the leader of the clan is now a living statue. That never gets answered. There's so many like (laughs) different random stories that, get introduced in the trade paperback that if you don't read it and if it brings it up later in the comic book you are kind of sol kirkman does say that it's gonna last as like a thing to go back to and check out and like reward you ongoing so that but you're right you get way more just like good story it's there's no roadmap yeah exactly and like the way the so the trade was fun i read it it was super cool a lot of great action scenes and some of the dialogue and the interactions between characters was really fun, but the way it ends, it ends so abruptly. 
It does because it just goes directly into this issue. Like you, so you, the reverse is not true. You can't read that alone and not read this first issue. <laughs> it doesn't right. stand, it doesn't yeah. stand alone in any way. So that, that is an interesting form. I've actually never read a trade paperback like that that demands that you read the next issue to like complete it in some ways. Yeah. So moving forward, we think that the series might give you some background to fill in that time in between. So. That's what that's okay. what that's what Kirkman claims. Yeah. Some of the stories they brought up in the the trade were actually kind of cool and I would love to see them be explored more, but it just ended so quick i was like oh i guess we're just gonna forget about uh that like we didn't know about his girlfriend he just has an another wife there's all these like we one of the biggest stories that greg mentioned was like is there a dragon in this room or not we have no idea if there's a the dragon that actually exists yeah right um we don't know anything about the bad guys so uh yeah there's a lot of shit that this has to go with or his real birth parents right that has to come up in some way too so um, I I can't recommend Firepower enough as just like a a fun summer read. Like if you're looking for new shit, there's not a lot of new movies coming out, not a lot of like new TV shows necessarily dropping. Read Firepower and uh, have a lot of fun. I think yep. it's a brisk limeade on a hot July evening. Yes, <laughs> it's it's not a stiff martini that you need like a developed palate to enjoy. And this first issue was free, so that doesn't hurt either, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that they are going to release a version or a copy of this that you can purchase. Weird. It's going to have extra stuff in it, I think. But oh, I, I don't so. I don't know what that means, necessarily. If it's just like longer editor's notes or... I wonder know, if Chris they have like certain pages from the trade inserted in the back of just like, here's what this reference is and here's what... or No, because that would just like... And that make you want to get the trade then. So I think one of the re- one of the only reasons they're doing this as a purchasable comic is that because you weren't able to pre-order or subscribe to the free comic book day version to ensure that you got a copy. Okay. So it, our shop, for example, ordered like a fucking ton of these. He had like over a hundred copies of this book. Of the free comic book day one. Yes. Wow. But. Your shop might have only gotten twenty, and they're gone. Because you know our, I mean? our shop got them all. <laughs> yeah, because our shop got them all. So, who knows? You know, uh, at least this way, people aren't going to be like, eh, "I couldn't get my hands on the free one, so I'm not going to buy anymore." Preventative measure. Yeah. Anyway, great comic book. Check it out. I think give it to like. Anybody young that wants to read a comic book, too, as well. Or young at heart. Yeah. Don't give it to some old fogey. It's rated teen plus, which to me is like PG-13. Right. Like, would you go see a PG-13 movie? I would. Yes. Old me not. Most Marvel movies are PG-13. Yes. I used to be a... Only R movies? (laughs) Used to be an only R movie guy. (laughs) Whoa. That's how raw I was. Sorry, can't see it. If there's no suggested nudity, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I knew my brand. But now I'm an equal opportunist for all types of uh, ratings. Yeah, magically when you have a, a child, you start watching whatever movies you can. That's a good point, yep. Yeah.
And now we have Negan Lives by Robert Kirkman, which we mentioned, and Charlie Adlard. So uh, this is, I didn't, I will just tell you this, I, and this may, might make me a bad comic book person. I fell off of Walking Dead. I have not read Walking Dead in a while. I kind of dipped in as it was ending last year. Didn't realize that this was very, very much a Walking Dead book. So this looks like a new number one image book. The artwork is super cool. Lots of cool, not lots of cool, handful of cool covers. This is uh, a Walking Dead character who is coming back. And um, so it's, it's it's a fun book. I didn't, it, it didn't bother me that it was a Walking Dead book, but I'm just going to preface that. Caitlin, what is Negan Lives about? So... Spurned by a slowly rebuilding society, Negan lives a life of desperate isolation where he is like talking and cursing at flowers and visiting his bat in the grave. Um, And then in the tradition of Here's Negan, this all new story gives readers a glimpse into what has happened to one of The Walking Dead's most popular characters since his last appearance when he meets some people. Were, did you guys know about Negan before this? Yes. Yeah. One sure. of the most hated villains of all time. Okay. Uh, but, Very despicable character. But they also redeemed him, right? I am so well, uh, so not versed in the Walking Dead lore. I I don't know if he was redeemed or not. Neither do he I. Was I never got that I far. Stopped watching because he was so brutal and, and immediately killed off one of the people that I watch the show oh maybe i haven't watched for a long time because i was i was way deep into like the governor is that his name or the sheriff or the the the, governor the governor the yeah uh and then the episode after that i felt like i made it pretty far into the walking dead but i guess not (laughs) i mean i feel like you did in all fairness it has been going on for way too long i even read the damn governor's book like a little novel oh yeah i heard that was good (laughs) it was good yeah. yeah um but didn't get to Negan, so I feel like a bad fan. I'm like a half fan. Um, I, I could do that during this period of time is go back and watch. I feel like even if I, I feel like his outfit and the the bat with like the wire wrapped around it was, is iconic. Is such an iconic look. I knew it once. Yeah. I like so, and I didn't realize this, but in the like logo, there's a bat in the G. Did you guys see that? So, oh, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. in the negative in the, space of the G. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cool. Okay. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So he he buries his bat. He names it after his dead wife, Lucy. Uh-huh. And um, that was supposed. And he's able to get his bat back. This comic book is brutal, brutally, brutally violent. I loved it so much. It is the right type of brutal violence. Oh man, it's just like it's also just such a perfect like sneak peek jump into like a moment in his life um and was just encapsulated just right with enough context to tell you like where he's at emotionally and physically etc and then the short tale they give you all happens in an evening very cool when i started reading this i almost texted you guys and i was like oh this this comic book's in black and white and i was like oh fuck that's because it's walking yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah So, one thing that uh, I really liked about this was Kirkman talked about needing to be doing big things to like bring back the comic book uh, industry, 
And he was like, well, I'm going to write this epic story about and bring back one of the most like thought about characters in my series as an attempt to kind of like help that. And I killed the series last year. So let me just like do that. I don't know. What do you guys think about his efforts like to kind of help the comic book industry? I believe it. I think that's great. I mean, and he's talking about, too, that like a week where it was hard pressed to get anybody out to a comic book shop because it was basically jack shit for sale. He not only releases a new comic book over one of like the most glorified franchises ever. And like you said, a popular character. You can also get four to five issues of a series for 10 bucks and a new first issue for free. Like I, that's that kicks ass in getting people to come I, to a I shop. I honestly don't know why people aren't talking about him more this week and just being like, dude did, did us a solid. Like he he's actually trying to do stuff instead of just pushing his own fucking agenda through. He's thinking about things and how to help the industry. That should be commended. Yeah, I bought that like Save Our Shops book that AfterShock or somebody did, and it was fine. It like. There's a handful of anthology books that you buy, and it's like personal stories from comic book creators. A lot of those creators are people who I like or are people from Kansas City, so it was really cool to pick up that book. But at the same time, only mega comic book fans who have a lot of expendable cash are going to buy a $10 anthology book that's just like stories about comic book creators' shops they went to growing up. Right. This Negan Lives Get Your Ass into the comic book shop. Firepower number one for free, a brand new Kirkman series, gets people's butts into a comic book shop. And this is the shit that I was talking about and hope would happen at the beginning of COVID is people would rethink the industry and think about what they could do. I mean, we've had epic shit happen. Marvel and DC books went to digital. We had DC doing their whole own shipping. Right. We like all this stuff like happened. This to me is like somebody being like, let me improve things and see what I can do rather than just react. Yeah. The trade being like a huge part of that, I think, and the cost of it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like a pretty lofty goal when one person says they want to do something to change the industry completely, like more than likely blows up in their face. I hope it doesn't. I mean, Kirkman so far has been success after success after success but i mean it's hard to change an industry that is so set in its ways um but you know i think pandemic has kind of changed things uh, already maybe he's using this as an opportunity to kind of reshape thinking well i mean and i don't know like i see what you're saying about like when anybody says that they're going to try to like try to save the industry but i kind of feel like if he says it or if McFarlane says it or somebody like that that's like been in it for a while and has done some industry changing things and he's also kind of tossing it up like I'm just going to try it like this might help I don't know I kind of I'm at least going to applaud it and say like thank you for trying something like interesting and also trying it in the means of just getting people to buy more not like it's not a cash grab or sorry it's not like a play to be like give us charity money I get it. And both those guys, Kirkman and McFarland, have been on the, you know, editorial side for Image for a long time. Those guys worked on the board and like were a big part of making Image as popular as it is now. So, like, they're not novices to the game and redesigning the industry. But I, I just don't. I mean, if these are the small steps that he's taken, 
I mean, this could blossom into something else. I mean, how many rockets did fucking Elon Musk have to send into the <laughs> air before one could land itself? There we go. I mean, yeah, it, it could be a situation where he's have to throw a lot of darts at the board. And is see this six. is this the Tesla of comic book com- uh, COVID crisis? <laughs> we'll the, see. <laughs> the only other thing that I think is comparable is I I will still commend the way TKO does business and the way that they like charitably tried to help out shops when you purchase them and the way that you can order books and right. super pumped that uh, the Jeff Lemire sentient book got nominated. So those two things I hope are are a way towards a path forward for comic books. My I think my biggest thing for the comic book industry and I'll just keep screaming this into the void until somebody hears it into is your microphone lower the fucking prices. Lower the prices of the comic books even a buck. You're pricing people out of the hobby. Man, it it's crazy thinking about like just like when we, in the 90s when we were getting comic books like a dollar 50 mm-hmm. seemed like a lot. It's wild. Um, almost six bucks for some books. Well, you're going to have collectors complaining if they do something that they can feasibly do to change the price of comic books, which is, I think, release things more bound as trade, right? Yeah. I guess Alterna tries to do the cheaper, they do newsprint, and they're yeah. like, I think their comic book's like a dollar or something right. like that. Yeah. They're like a buck fifty. It's something, yeah, something so, low. Something good. But I don't know. You're right. It's, it, it is tough. It is weird. Like I think that you have to have a, a very like salary job to be able to purchase the type of comic books that we purchase each week. You know, like it, right. I didn't in the last six or seven years of my life. I previous to that, I did not have an extra forty or fifty bucks each week to just blow. Like I had a cigarette addiction. Yeah, right. So I get you on that. They do need to be cheaper. That's why I stopped reading comic books for a long time. It's why a lot of people stop reading them because yeah. it's it's not just the the price to play. So it's, it's is one just buying all the new shit, but mm-hmm. then two your ongoing shit. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, why do I care? I got Netflix. Yeah, I was in college in 2008 when everything went to shit. <laughs> Everyone started losing their jobs, and that was rough. I didn't read comics for maybe, and that might happen again. Five seven years. After that, yeah, and the most part is like when that happens, and everybody does that when they're comic book collectors, they go back and they just wait till like January when they're like, "What was the best this year? I'll, I'll pick up a couple trades and just catch up on things." Yeah, that's the vast majority of how people consume comic books, right? Um, and so I don't know that that's that's might be where the consumption pattern goes. We might be in it too much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I but tell you, does, but don't don't you think that DC and Marvel and other comic book publishers want people to consume comic books like we do in that kind of volume? Oh, absolutely. But I don't know they I don't think they've cracked the code to figure it out. That's they, why that's why I'm commending Kirkman for just trying it out. Yeah. They'd rather yeah. us do it digitally, I'm sure, too. You think they want us to purchase digital instead of paper? Yes. Yeah, I think I can see that. I guess that means they wouldn't be beholden to Diamond, really, right? If they did it digitally? Well, we talked a little bit about this last week, but DC did their first like digital first thing with the Harley Quinn black, white, and red the other week. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's just them dipping their toe in, but I mean, I bought it. It worked for me. <laughs> How was it, by the way? It was great. They just did uh, one short story. It was 99 cents. It was a follow-up to 
what Sepjek's Stefan Sepjek. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Harleen, Harleen which is a series I loved, and it just gave that like it tied a nice bow on that story. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was oh, great. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that it tied up his story. Yeah. Did he get to write that book as well? Yes. Oh, cool. He did. So I, I think- Did he do is, the art too? Because his art is insane. He did the art. Cool. It, it wasn't as like intense and detailed as a lot of his art was, um, or is typically in like a printed format. But nonetheless, um, he's a very stylistic guy and it was a great story. And I had a lot of fun reading it, especially for a buck. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see them trying to do more of that for uh, DC sort of books. You want to hear how Budget King would save the comic book industry if it went digital? God, I'm clamoring to hear. I've been waiting for this all episode. Caitlin, you waiting too? Very patiently. Okay, thank you. We all Everything goes digital, and then all of the artists can only sell uh, their personal artwork and exclusive stuff at cons. So no more brick and mortars. Well, okay, so that kind of sucks. Mojo <laughs> <laughs> King, I think you just ruined the comic book industry. That's, I mean, that's what I was thinking, though. Like, you've got two different ways of trying to revitalize it. Marvel trying to say, you know, these kinds of events, while we don't have pandemics all the time, you, we may be able to reach a broader audience, lower price points if we go more digital versus brick and mortar and then we're not as vulnerable to this happening so that's a, one way to revitalize it but Kirkman's way of like I'm just going to release a bunch of shit that I know will get people in the stores and maybe make it a little bit lower of a price point than it would have been if we weren't in this scenario trying to revitalize it because he's just being smart about the stories he's choosing to put out um, totally different way but that's definitely more of a reinvestment in the way things still are yeah yeah, I don't know. Unionize. Unionize. I think they could, yeah. Magic the Gathering sales are keeping uh, comic book stores alive right now, which blows my mind a little bit. Um, because I'm kind of like, why are people buying paper cards when like they're digi- you can play it digitally pretty easily now? So yeah. like the digital... Well, I mean, there is some... Didn't you have a good time playing in person, though, with people? Oh, I love it. But I'm just saying like when we're looking at the digital versus paper battle it seems like magic is kind of figuring it out. Like they're just, they're making their digital product even better and then still letting the paper do the paper thing. So I, I don't know. Imagine there are too many tournaments going on right now. There, there can't be, I think they're probably not doing anything that's big. So the collectability so is just continuing to build up. So the ease of playing Trump's collectability of the cards for you. I have no interest in the collectability of magic cards. That is a fucking worthless okay. rat chase. What do you mean for, collectability? For, like, like the resale? Ver, the rareness and the sale of them. Yeah. Because it's because it's working for magic and and card playing games, but it's not working for comic books. I don't yeah, it's not. It, like, yes, if you looked at the sales right now, there's lots of articles about that. Like they're obviously going down. Yep. They're not what's keeping comic book stores afloat. Comic book stores are having to diversify and like look at their bottom lines and things like that, especially their back issue boxes and things like that. Yeah. And so there's going to have to be something that fixes this. Or, I mean, I think the hope that like it's just going to return to the way that it was in 2019 is uh, I wouldn't hold my breath for that. No, I think a lot of people have found new normals that work better for them. Yeah. So, well, for I'll, better or for worse. <laughs> I'll say shops are finding a way 
or some publishers even are helping and, and Negan Lives is another case of this too where they created some um, incentives and variants that were really low volume that had like a uh, you probably saw if you looked these up on eBay one with a silver logo a green logo and like a gold they always do the gold yeah I think and or not always they usually try to do the gold for they, number, number yeah, one new series you see a yeah. lot of image golds but the uh, other ones were selling for like 200 250 and if you send a few of those to your comic shops let's say they got you know one green two red and three gold and they sell those on eBay mm. hey you're doing them even like a huge or solid yeah by sending them things that I'm sure they didn't pay near that for that we do, we're not informed enough to know but I think the variant game of comic books either keeps shops afloat or destroys them I'm not sure which one it is if they're getting on... in on the spec value sure keeps them afloat yeah so regardless though sh- should people read Negan Le- lives if they uh if they aren't a fan of Walking Dead it's an interesting book about a man who's clearly lost his mind but is on some kind of road to redemption i mean we're living in this world where society has crumbled right it's overtaken by zombies and he's like worse than a zombie he's like just like this (laughs) nihilistic killer but he now like the crux of the story is he wants to return to where his wife's corpse is at and bury it and not only that but he's taking along a woman who was bait to have him killed as like a companion so it's the weirdest milo and otis story i've ever seen i loved him and i really identified like who he's who i would want to be in the apocalypse but i feel weird saying that because i don't know his like crooked past of like did he has he done some irredeemable things yeah oh he was a shitbag to his wife i mean and in the editor's notes kind of go there as well like taking the most irreprehensible dude and instead of killing him off like so many of the Western tropes where if they're a bad enough villain, there's just not, they're going to be off in the end. And that's the only way people can move on and choosing not to do that means that he was a pretty bad dude, <laughs> but that they're choosing to see it play out in a different way. Um, I think you have to, I think f- for me to recommend this book though, uh, somebody would have to tell me that they weren't over zombies more than they would want to see this type of story play out like a redemption. (laughs) That's a great call because I don't think you, there's not enough primer. If you have never picked up a book or watched the show for you to really understand the society that he built around it, because there are like, even a little bit into it, I was picking up that she was bait and I don't think you would at all. I think you would be thrown if you weren't really into that genre to begin with. That's a good. That's a good take. This uh, uh, a knock on this book is that it should say Negan lives a Walking Dead tale. <laughs> I don't think it needs it. Yeah, I don't think it needs Walking He's Dead. I think Negan. Negan has actually outgrown the popularity of Walking Dead. All right, I'm I'm in the minority here. And what's fucked up is this book wasn't even supposed to happen. No, it wasn't. This was just a cover release. It was like a bait thing, like a troll thing. Right, because Walking Dead had a the one of the best surprise endings. It just ended. Didn't tell anybody it was ending. It didn't tell previews it was ending. It didn't tell Diamond. Yeah, I love that. That's crazy. That was the coolest thing to do in my mind. McFarlane lost his mind. He got so pissed. <laughs> 
it was so great i loved it and then i guess like in the editor's uh notes that um kirkman gave on the last episode on the last issue where negan was supposed to die the editor's just like i don't buy it he can't be dead like you need to rework this. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't say you can't end it like this. He gave him the whole thing of like, you can't always have a villain story in this way. If you want to do that new stuff, if you want to tell a different story and like props to you on the way you've written this out, I think it's going to be great and successful, but I was kind of hoping to see a different ending. And then to Kirkman's credit, he was like, well, maybe I should do that. And then like rewrote it. Okay. So I was wrong. I think you were a half, right? You don't need to atone. I was half a comic book fan. <laughs> so, uh, Budget King, you and I combined to make one comic book fan. Thank you. Oh, please don't act like I'm the full comic book <laughs> fan. Uh, yep, that does it for Image Kirkman Week Kirkathon. Kirkmania. Kirkkoa. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, I like that. If you... Uh, uh, be- before we sign off real quick, so we're getting ready to sign off, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a little um, announcement, though. When this is coming out this week, I had the opportunity opportunity to represent first issue club on another podcast debates on tap um so if you guys want to hear some of that stuff you can find them at debates on tap uh on your on your podcast app thing it was a lot of fun and i really appreciate them having me on i got to talk about comic books and our podcast and all kinds of fun stuff so check it out that's awesome if you uh listen to this podcast and you happen to own a water park uh, just go ahead and sell, declare bankruptcy, and invest in your local book, comic book store. Uh, that's my hot tip of the day. Is that phase two of how Budget King <laughs> saves the industry? Yeah, I wanted to redeem from my terrible idea before. All water parks close. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Are they not? Well, I mean, like, they probably shouldn't be. Uh, I, I can't imagine they're going to make it. <laughs> I'm a typhoon yeah, tycoon. And I'll give all my money to independent bookstores. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's a good thing I listen to a man named Budget King from a podcast. <laughs> We're very popular among water park owners this podcast. Just saying. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in the Moon Studios. You can find, rate, friend, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Was that a yet? Is Caitlin there? Yeah, she's here. She just hasn't had the yes, back up to her. Sorry. Sorry. I'm here. Oh, you sounded insane then. We got you echoing. Yeah, it's like echoey. Do you turn an effect on? <laughs> no, I don't think so. There's definitely an effect on. <laughs> <laughs>